make sure that they understand that who they are as a person is not their batting average. And who you are as a coach is not your win-loss record. Your story isn't done yet. The first 10 chapters might have been trash. Yeah. But pick up that pen and the next 10 are going to be like, that's well, the story that, that's awesome. that they're going to read at your funeral. And if you really knew everything that you're going to have to sacrifice before you started, yeah. I think a lot of people would pick a different profession. Hated practicing. Yep. He hated training. Yep. He hated losing. Yep. But that set him up to be the greatest of all time. Who are you willing to go through those struggles with? You know, when things get tough, who's who are those going to be those people? Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be your bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Baseball Cloud. Professional data for the amateur player. Baseball Cloud allows players from all over the country to consolidate data from their performance into a centralized location. This allows players, coaches, and scouts to effectively track, compare, and view a player's results through use of graphs and a multitude of other visual analysis tools within seconds. Learn more about their software at BaseballCloud.com and follow them on social media at BaseballCloudUS. On last week's episode, we announced the release of our product, The Farm Board. While we're very excited about the amount of traffic and feedback we've experienced, we only had so many of them made. Get them while we have them at the system.farm. Also, while you're there, make sure to check out our free membership. This will give you full access to the 300 plus resources we've compiled in one spot for you. We have a multitude of different sections including drill videos, practice plans, discount codes, job listings, unsigned players, and so much more. Our premium membership gives you full access to travel ball team rankings, player rankings, chat boards, as well as other features we'll be releasing in the coming months. Check that out today at thesystem.farm. On this episode, Bo and I start a series as we talk through some of the common things that coaches deal with, right? Different ways to cope with them and some common commonalities, not just in just coaching, but just as us as human beings. So kind of walk through a lot of those things and that's coming at you right now. Don't leave that dugout. We got Bo and Joe coming up next on the Farm System, right here, right now. Welcome back to another episode of the Farm, unfiltered. Joey, 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 my man. Nickname actually makes sense this week with that fresh haircut lying down the side of the head. Boy, you looking clean as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. So what are we talking about this week, Harold? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, one of the things uh, we were kind of talking through, um, um, you know, uh, Bleak and all the guys went to Arizona this week, right? So uh, when they came back, uh, they were talking through one of the things, uh, it was one of the presentations, was talking about common things that coaches have to deal with, right? Like just common, every coach knows what it's like to be a coach, yeah. right? And there's some common 
characteristics across the board, common principles, things that you know you're already getting into before getting into coaching. Like you know what it entails Mm -hmm. and, but just because you know what it entails doesn't mean that it's easy. Right. So like, you know, we, we definitely got a lot of feedback and I, I know that it was like one of our most popular episodes, right. That we did was the fear and anxiety episode, right? So if you guys haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and check that one out. Cause that's something that's common right across the board. And that's kind of something that we were thinking through here, right? Is like, that is a very common thing of like what it's like the experience. That's something that we all share, right? Of what it looks like, what it feels like, the common things that most coaches have to go through. And we're kind of just going to talk through those things and like, you know, different ways to view them, different perspectives, you know, maybe give you like a second wind, right? You're like, kind of partway through the year already and you know you're you're already gasping for air right so um i think kind of talk through some of those things and um you know maybe just share some different perspectives some different stories that we've had as well you know so yeah i think that just to start it off like no matter how we try to approach and like build a plan or whatever it is like there's just certain barriers and certain constraints in the coaching game that like there's long days there's low pay um you know you're going to spend time away from family and, and whatever that might be. Yeah, um, out recruiting or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're not you're not coaching for the money. You're doing it for the love of the game. Um, obviously, I'm doing it for the money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, we're always trying to find ways to be more efficient and uh, you know shorten up those windows or away from the family. But um, I, I think the biggest thing we should talk about first and foremost is like two things: is like the time commitment and the time away uh, from the people you love the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we're, we're fortunate to be young. Um, yeah. A lot of the, the, the older coaches, obviously that's a struggle that they have to battle every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and, or have done for, for a know, very long 20 time. plus years um, or whatever. Yeah. So me and you could probably learn a few things. <laughs> nah, on nothing, <laughs> nothing for us to learn, Bo. We got it all uh, figured out. Don't we us millennials? Yeah. <laughs> um, when you, uh, when you, when you look at the way it is now, I mean, obviously at a facility, it's, a little bit different um, yeah, constraints, but when sure. you when you draw back from your coaching experience um, in high school, what do you think were the biggest barriers that you had to deal with, and how did you try to combat those? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it starts even before that too. I mean, very similar to when you're a player. When you're a player, right? A lot of times, especially for me, like I didn't, I wasn't the best player that I could just come. I get to play at home, yeah. right? Like I didn't. That was something with you, like you were a lot more talented than I was and got to kind of play in like hometown stuff. Right. And I had to go looking for opportunities, like Mm -hmm. kind of begging for someone to let me (laughs) have a shot. (laughs) So uh, a little bit different there. Um, But also with that being said, like, you know, again, obviously that's time away from my family. I had to make some really big adjustments. I think that's even the same in coaching, right? Like a lot of people have to just go where opportunities are available. Right. And I think it kind of starts in that thing is that, you know, a lot of times that the opportunities, there's not too many, opportunities a lot of people aren't as fortunate to like be able to like work in their hometown or whatever right and same thing with um same thing for sure when you look at that um across the board with players and and some of those struggles as well so i think it kind of starts preparing you Mm -hmm. for that lifestyle um but you know i mean that's a that's a big thing and i think for a lot of people you know they're just not built for that right i mean i think that's the biggest thing is like that's one of those um we talk about that pretty often is understanding that some things look pretty you know, some things look, you know, grass is always green on the other side, right? Of uh, being like, it looks so pretty from the outside. You know, it looks appealing to the eye. Aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetically pleasing. There you go. Yeah, it's aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. from the outside. 
but not understanding what it actually takes you know, to, takes. you know, they like the idea of it, yeah, but not the reality of it, yeah. right? Those are different things, right? And understanding like the, the, the idea of something is like even looking like, let's say you look at someone like Bill Gates, right? Everybody, of course, likes the idea of all the money. Everybody likes the idea of being one of the, you know, I think I'm just, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's the richest man in the world still. I right? think, I think. Like, Jeff Bozos might have passed him. Oh, okay. But he's definitely yeah, top so two definitely, or three. Definitely up there, right? Yep. Um, more money than he'll ever have to worry yeah. about. Or his kids, kids, right. or his what kids, 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 kids. making like $1,200 every five seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. $1,200 every five seconds. Let that soak in, uh, let that soak in uh, coaches. Uh, 1200 every five seconds. Uh, <laughs> so by the time you guys have been listening to this podcast, he's made quite a few uh, dollars he's there. Probably made more than some of your guys' salaries. <laughs> definitely definitely made, made definitely more than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think that's the big thing is like a lot of things look great from you know the outside, yeah. right? Um, and oh, coaches that have put in time and put in a lot of that those sacrifices understand that more than anybody, right? Like understanding looking back, um, and we also talk about how. I think a lot of times with anything, but especially with coaching, because we're so romantic about the game, yeah. um, we definitely have a naive approach going into coaching, thinking like, yeah, but I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. It won't affect me as much. Yeah. You know, I can do this. I've been doing that. Or, you know, I can do it differently. You have this naiveness kind of going into it. And if you really knew everything that you're going to have to sacrifice before you started, yeah. I think a lot of people would pick a different profession. Mm-hmm. I think they would do different things. They didn't, I don't think people understand how much they're really going to have to sacrifice to play that role of being yeah. a coach for sure. And I always thought about that too. Like I was very fortunate to already be dating my fiance mm-hmm. when I was coaching. Shout out to Haley. Shout out to Haley. Shout, but shout um, I always thought about that. Like if you're a young coach, you're single, you get in the game, you're, mm-hmm. you're used to being you know, not being dependent on anybody else. Hmm. And then you grow into a family. And I, I wondered how that process was for coaches, like yeah. to it's transition tough, tough thing, through that sure. and like understand as, as your priorities change. Um, yeah. you know, every coach we've had on has talked about that, how having kids and growing more into that role, your, your priorities change. Um, yeah. So I, I, that's, that's a good point to bring up there. Where my mind goes building off that is like, when you look at older coaches that have been around for a long time, mm. Do you think they've built more efficient systems? And, and this will lead into like the time commitment, the low pay stuff. But do you mm-hmm. think they've built a system um, to where it just runs less time? Or do you think they're maximizing the time that they have with the guys? Good question. Um, well, first, I think because there's like a community of this these people. Yeah. Um, is that baseball wives or coaches wives more specifically – I think are a special breed. Of course. You know, um, because you already know what you're getting. The, the wife, maybe they know somewhat, right? But most, especially to, uh, and this is more my experience, but I would say that in majority, they either, like, coaches wise either had someone in their family that was also a coach. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, in some way, like, like that's, and if they haven't, they have no relevance to it. I, I think that that's a tough thing to kind of adapt and understand and even just understand it, especially if they weren't in sports period yeah. to understand what that even looks like to be part of a team and yeah. like be a coach and like that, that what that's even, even entail. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think more so with that. 
I think it starts with the support system, right? Like I think coaches that have been doing it for a really long time have some type of really strong support system, yeah. right? If that's, uh, you know, family. And I think it first starts with like your, your right hand mate, I guess you would say, which is again, the wife, right? Like yeah. that, that's going to be your structure there. Right. And it doesn't have to be that for everybody. Right. Um, but I, I definitely would think it, it it's got to be, you know, family or if it's, you know, God or, you know, again, there's some type of support system in the sense of, feeling like, you know, you have some backing and some ways to get through some things. Cause you know, we'll kind of talk about it later, but I mean, there's a lot of things, not only just time, but financially too, there's just some really yeah. ups and downs to make some of those things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this isn't even too kind of to tie this back into just perspective outside of that as well. Like doing me wrong coaching, you definitely working with some low pay and you're doing some of those things. Right. Yeah. Um, but I would also say that this isn't necessarily unique to just coaching. Like, I think this is a universal struggle, right? Just in some different ways, right? Because coaching, again, with that, I would say if you're coaching, that's usually people's passions, right? Some people are just struggling in other ways, right? Like some people are just struggling. Like, yeah, you're struggling, but you're struggling with for like what you love. Yeah. Right. Where a lot of people are struggling and not doing anything close to what they actually love or what they're passionate about. Right. So there is some perspective there of being like, Okay, you're struggling, but you're doing it at the end of the day. The worst, like, it's like that old saying, like the worst day on the baseball field is yeah. better than any day outside of, you know, baseball yeah. or whatever. Right. Like that's a big part of it, of being like understanding that it's always scope and like perspective. Like, you know, we think things are such like big deals. And of course I'm not saying, again, I'm not trying to, uh, belittle, right. Or, or to discredit, right. Anybody struggles. Yep. It's just the understanding like perspective wise of being like, you know, like, my dad used to always tell me, um, my, my brother, if you guys kind of a little like personal note, my, my brother's like, a, was a, was a gangbanger growing up, right. Got into some trouble kind of mm-hmm. growing up. And so I remember him always talking to my brother and also talking to me about, look, like there's always somebody bigger and badder than you. Yeah. You know? And how, well, the reason I bring that up is, is like, there's always someone's situation that's bigger and worse than yours. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and there's people that have far less than you have. Like, and this kind of ties into like the happiness thing. You know, happiness is not a destination, right? And we've mentioned that a couple of times here and there, right? Even when we talked with Evan yeah. Wise. So shout out to <laughs> yeah. my man, Evan Wise, right back, right? Yeah. Like, you know, um, you know, happiness isn't a destination, uh, destination, right? The destination is the the disease. Yeah. Right. The journey is the reward. Yeah. Right. And that's part of it. And we lose scope of that all the way across the board. And that has nothing to do with baseball. That's just in general about life. Right. Like again, the old Evan wise, like, you know, are you counting the days? You're making the days count, Yeah. you know, and it doesn't. And and again, that's, that's more so. And and again, I'm not saying that environments don't have any effect on those things. Of course they do. Right. Who you surround yourself with, uh, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis, all those things do. But I think a lot of those things need some, you know, perspective on the sense of, uh, at least you're doing something that you're passionate about and you love and you're struggling for that. Yeah. And that's what uh, I would say to that as well. Like every situation when I'm trying to make a change or when I'm something that's going to impact myself and my family, my friends, I always think it's like the, the Adam Sandler clip you showed me, Joey, when he's Mm. talking about the, the cruise, like, yeah, that's a good one. Like if, if, if you're unhappy at home, you're going to be unhappy wherever you go. Yeah. We're going to be unhappy in Paris too. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be unhappy in paradise. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like human beings, we get caught up in like the destination. 
for I'm, sure. I'm, I'm unhappy because I'm here and I'm yeah. not there. And yeah, wherever I want to be is. somewhere else. Um, and then when you finally get to where you want to go, you realize that that's yeah. that feeling still empty. Um, you can relate that just like um, players that have ever gone to like once I win this championship, once yep. I get this scholarship, once I go play Division One, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll start living. Then I'll and then you, all those things happen, and you go, wait a second, <laughs> I'm still not happy. Yep. You know, and that's like the that's the foundation. Like when you're, especially when you first get into coaching, is learning how to love the process and love the struggle that comes with coaching. I think if you can build that foundation early on in your career, Mm -hmm. um, that can kind of propel you. Because like every coach we've had on, uh, shout out to Sheets too. That's like the the biggest thing that stood out to me in every episode we've had is when he said that, like big times Mm -hmm. where your feet are. Yeah, and it's true. Like if you if you can crush where you're at and learn to enjoy some of this the the tough times that come with coaching, like that'll propel you and set you up for your career yeah. ten, tenfold down the road. Yeah. And Gary V, Gary V talks about that a lot too, of it being like, you know, you got to embrace the suck basically. And that's yeah. a Navy SEAL line too, of being mm-hmm. like embracing the suck of like, again, when like, that's kind of the best part, you know? And, and again, and if you're not, it doesn't matter what you're going to be in, right? It doesn't matter where you're going to be at. It's almost like we, they talk about like with like, uh, Bo, you probably are closer on this one than me, right? Um, but also I think there's a lot more people that will have a lot more than this. of being like, okay, it doesn't matter who you're married to. <laughs> you're still going to have to work. Yeah. It's just who you're willing to work with. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, it's not going to just be, you know, Candyland. Right. But, and it doesn't necessarily mean you should just be with anybody if you guys are fighting all the time and all those other things. It's just, again, like just understanding like who you're willing to go through it with, who are you willing to like make those jumps with, right? Like, again, you could even say that with us, like, you know, who are you willing to build a business with? Like you could go build business with a whole bunch of different people, but it's just like, who are you willing to go through those struggles with? Yeah. You know, when things get tough, who's, who are going to be those people? Yeah. And the same thing too, with, you know, coaching on the same sense, right? Like there's gonna be some tough no matter where you go, especially if you're coming up through life, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Like if you walked into it coaching naive thinking, you know, it was going to be Candyland and that like everybody knew the writing on the wall. You knew you weren't going to get paid much. You knew you weren't going to get, you know, the, the food wasn't going to be there or whatever, you know, all these things. There's going to be some struggles you're going to have some in, in there, right? Like you knew that walking in. Yeah. We all did. You knew that walking in. Right. It doesn't make it any easier in the sense of like if you're in that situation right now, like, you know, waiting for that next check to come in or all those other things like it doesn't make it easier, but it more so just gives back perspective of being like, okay, look, I've been here before. Mm -hmm. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Right. The struggle's still there. But remember, I was I, I mentioned this to you the other day, like remember in the light. I mean, remember in the dark what was spoken to you in the light right before you even started. Before yep. it got dark and, you know, the fog and all that stuff came in, you know, what was that conversation beforehand? You know, yep. you knew what you were getting yourself into, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and that's not to give an excuse in the sense of being like, no one holistically knows what they're getting themselves into, but I'm just saying in the coaching profession in general, like you knew yep. being a coach, it wasn't going to be Candyland. Yeah. And it's, that's part of like the maturation process too. Like yeah. we, we always talk about the scope, the vision that you have. Yeah. And when you go through those hard times, that scope broadens and that scope broadens and that scope broadens. And then when you're hiring other coaches, you've been there. Like you can Mm. mold them and help them through those stages. Mm. So I think that's, it's necessary. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, it's, it's necessary for you to get to where you want to go to have to struggle. Yeah. My, my, uh, uh, coach James that we had on a while back ago, he used to say, it isn't easy, 
but it's fair. Yep. He used to say that all the time. It yeah. isn't easy, but it's fair. Absolutely. And that's what he used to talk about with like championships. Like, look, man, getting a, getting a championship isn't easy. The work isn't easy, yep. but it's fair. When you win the championship, you know that you did that work was fair, right? Like that, it, it, that's, it took what it took. Yep. It's always fair. It's never easy. You know, mm-hmm. it always takes much more work than you thought it was going to take. It also, it always takes much more effort than you thought it was going to be much more time than you thought it was going to take all of those things like all together. And I think that's the biggest thing of like going with that is like knowing how to manage, you know, those. And I think we should probably go, go into that mode now. It's like understanding like, okay, so, but let's say again, um, time commitment, right? Yeah. I'm away from, you know, I moved away from my family. I'm in the small town in the middle of nowhere. Um, shout out to our friends probably in Australia and Germany doing this stuff in other countries. Right. right. But also, also, um, you know, again, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm in the middle of nowhere, small town. I'm away from my family. Right. I'm not eating great and living in some dirt hole apartment. Right. Um, got five roommates. Um, what, give me some, give me, give me the professor. Tell, let, let, I'm Joey haircuts, but you're the professor. (laughs) You let the professor come out. Right. Let's uh, give give those guys some real life like feedback of, you know, you've been there. You did those things. Yep. Right. Um, and give give now that you have you kind of had some other real life examples and know that it's other than just baseball. Right. Too. Yep. Why don't you kind of provide some perspective? Yeah. I mean, I think that I wish the classic. I wish what I knew then that I do now because I was very eager Uh fiery like like a lot of the coaches we've had on here but i think it's important to have a strong um understanding of where you want to go um and your why has to be greater than what you're going to go through like in those moments i i thought it was i was naive which i'm a visionary joey knows very well how i am i thought it was sunshine and rainbows um you thought i thought (laughs) not no more and and granted granted um I'd never had like a job. I just graduated. So I had, didn't mm. have a great concept of money. Mm. Um, so when I, they told me my salary, I thought I was going to be rich. And mm. then after my first paycheck, I realized I can't even buy everything I needed. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important too, is to like one, understand where you need to be financially. And then two, be willing to put up with what you're going to have to put up with it, depending on the level you're at. Um, obviously if you get in certain situations and, and it, it works out for you. It works out for you. But when you get into coaching, a lot of times you're going to have to grind. You're going to have to do some things that you don't want to do um, and be willing to do that because especially as a new coach, man, like probably like 75% of your job isn't even working with players. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're doing a lot of the stuff nobody wants to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the role. You kind of have to embrace that to get to where you want to go. Like we've talked about throughout the entirety of the thing. But um, it's also important to make sure you're taking time for yourself. I think that's something Huge. that, um, is often overlooked, especially like ma- like as a man, like our masculinity is feelings and emotions, whatever. Um, but hold it's on, a- <laughs> hold on, men have feelings and emotions. I didn't know that until you didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah, until I started I, coaching. To I be honest. honestly, I thought it was just a switch. We could just turn off and on whenever <laughs> we wanted. Yeah, whenever we wanted, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, turn on the tears just when we want. Turn them off when we want, you know. And to be fair, I'm the more emotional one of Joey and I. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it's I and, some, think, and sometimes sometimes I can get emotional, <laughs> usually not in a good way. <laughs> uh, 
But no, I think it's important to take time if you're listening in and you're going through a hard time. Like a lot of times that's the struggle you're fighting yeah. internally. Like, oh, 100%. whether you need to find somebody to talk to, something to do, work out. I know Joey does Muay Thai. Um, I try to hit the gym as much as I can, but you know how that goes. Yeah, I try not to hit people, so I hit bags, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. got to my move. <laughs> but, uh, I think it is very important to take time for yourself. And to, Huge. Um, it's hard to find, though. Let, it let's, is tough. Let, let's, stop, let's stop right it's there tough. for a sec. Like, look, that's not it. We kind of run past that, but, like, that is not an easy thing. No. Like, that's something more so I've learned more about myself. I, I truly, and I've stopped many times and talked to our, you know, I'm an instructor from Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. And telling him how much I appreciate him because like it is not often you come across something that fills your cup. Yeah. Right. Um, And I say that with meaning like, again, everybody think it's not a question at this point. Like both of us are pretty spiritual, right? Like and understanding like there's not too many things. And again, I think I think that more so it's like it's figuring out what's what is that for you? Right. Like not like I read. Right. I read. I write. Right. I, I, I spend time in the morning, schedule time in the morning to be by myself. Right. And th- those are all, it seems so minimal, but yeah. people want to look at this uh, like success. Right. And they think it's like when you're actually working, when you're actually executing, but they don't understand like the foundation is the biggest part. Yep. Yeah. Setting that time up every day, you know, to fill your cup is, is the biggest, biggest piece. And that's what, um, the huge point that Joe and I talk about all the time is like, if your mind isn't prepared and ready to go when you're at work, then you've already lost. Yeah. Like you need to find out what you need to do, what routine, what you need to do to set the tone. And like, when you're ready to work, you're ready to work. Mm -hmm. And like, that's one thing I've noticed when I don't follow my routine in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I show up to work, it takes me like an hour and a half before I feel like I'm even doing anything product like production yeah. wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you get in that flow state, you can get a flow state when you're at, you know, at work, yeah. just like in other things, you know? And that's like, like applicable things for you guys is like, if that means you have to wake up a little bit earlier, then yeah. set the routine and do what you need to do and figure it out. Because mm-hmm. I promise you, if you can get in that flow state and that routine yeah. to where you're engaged, um, yeah. that bleeds through to your players as well. Like, oh, hundred percent. You when know, you, you just set the culture. I was going to say that, like, look, think of it like a parent. I, I was going to actually tweet this today because I was thinking about this is like mentally ill parents. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, you know, you're a mass murderer. Okay. I just meant like everybody is like you, we have, I think it's no secret that we're all screwed up. Let's start there. Right. It's no secret. We're all screwed up. And if you don't think you're screwed up, that's what makes you screwed up. All right. All right. I think we're all screwed up. We all got our own baggage. We got all our own things. Right. But I think more so than not, like again, mentally ill parents make mentally ill kids. Of course. Right. They breed that stuff into their kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so conscious. Again, obviously you as a coach are the same way, yeah. right? You are a major influencer in their lives. I can't tell you how many of my coaches were father figures to me. Of course. You know? Yep. And so with that being said, like you, who you are is going to influence them. Like they're in a very plastic, vulnerable state. Especially if you're the young coach. Oh, hundred percent. Your 100%. coach in high school or travel ball coaches. Those, oh my they're goodness. They're like in the prime. Yeah. Like Rudy and all those guys. Yep. Shout out to my man, Rudy. Yep. Right. Like for sure. Like that's like you, they're in such a plastic state. You're yeah. teaching them how to be a man. Yep. Like, or, you know, a, a, a woman, right. Just on the same thing on the softball side, like you're yep. teaching them 
how to handle difficulty and go through struggle. And, and, and you're also, you have to embody that. Yeah. Now, this is where I will say that I, to, I mess that up all the time, right? <laughs> is that because I do take such ownership of that, yeah. that even me with my leadership, that, that I often feel like I can't be vulnerable yeah. because I'm, 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 how do I put this? You have to paint the picture like everything's okay. Well, no, it's and this is the thing. It's not not necessarily you got to paint the picture like everything's okay, but it's just like, look, everybody needs a steady rock. Yeah, they need a steady rock, yeah. right? And 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 you have to have your own. Your your. It's okay to be vulnerable with your players. It's okay for them to see you cry. It's okay for them to see you laugh. It's okay. You know, you don't got to be a you know brick wall of you know blank faced. I have no emotion. That's not what I'm saying. But it is also very important for you not to be in a freaking emotional wreck with them, yeah, right? The like time. you need yeah. to be a you need to be a steady thing for them to lean on, yeah. right? And you go and you cope in other ways, right? Like you go and cope with you know when you know uh, we used to talk about when there's things going on, you never not complain, but you never you always vent up, you never vent lateral, and you never vent down. Yeah. Right. Um, and that also means again, and I would add to that, that was like, uh, you know, I think Maxwell kind of talks about that at one point, but I would add to that to say that you can also go outside the organization, right. Or outside of your, you know, uh, you want to go outside someone that's objective, right. That are also too, it doesn't feed back in, um, as, as one of my, uh, my, as our instructor from Muay Thai says, um, in other words, in other choice words, but he says, you don't dump where you eat. Yeah. Right. All <laughs> right. You don't dump where you eat. Okay. Meaning like, look, I get it. Sometimes you need to vent for sure. And it's healthy and you need to talk. Yep. Right. And it's very important that you need to talk and you need to get those things out. But also with that being said, understand that sometimes you're just venting, but you're just taking a dump where you're about to eat. Yep. You know, you got to You got to understand that like you're, you're, you're making your own bed. And that's something that's across the board. Like you're making your own bed. You got to be careful. You got to be mindful, you know, and, and that's why I say a support system is so important because you need something outside of that space. You need a support system there. You need daily maintenance. You need those vitamins, but you need something outside of that space. And that's so important for your mental health. I think that's big too. Cause like if every, if, if what you're doing is your passion yeah, and then the negative energy you're trying to release goes back into your passion there's a pretty good chance at some point that passion is going to become lesser and lesser and yeah. lesser because we begin to correlate the energy and the feelings and everything you have with that passion yeah the pain with it and that's why like yeah. you might you might if you're a dog and you have a tennis ball and you love that tennis ball but every time you buy the tennis balls it shocks your freaking mouth yeah, you're, you're not going to yeah. like that tennis ball exactly. for too much luck <laughs> and so it, yeah and that's why it's it's important it's important yeah. that you can separate you keep it healthy. the two just because it's not baseball's what you do, yeah. but it necessarily shouldn't be who you are. It, it shouldn't if, be if your that identity. that makes sense. Yeah. It shouldn't be it shouldn't your identity. Be identity. Like, it's just like, okay, look, and this is the thing too. If you want your players not to, and this is very important, I think, as a, as a coach, you need to make sure that they understand that who they are as a person mm-hmm. is not their batting average. And who you are as a coach is not your win-loss record. And I would say, or, and, and more so too, and look, and this is where I say with that, people are like, you know, coaching, it's like, yeah, but you're, you're always going to be defined. like, no, 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 listen, if someone is defining you that by that, that is their constraint. 
That is their perception. If your athletic director and all those things are valuing you by your win and loss record, first off, that's not a good athletic director, for one. Yeah, I'm not saying that you should be able to just lose and you're going to keep your job forever, but I'm trying to say valuing you as a person is not a number. Yeah. We are not numbers. Like, that is a human being. <laughs> yeah. That is a human being, right? And give each other, and you have to give your players, the freedom and I say that strongly, the freedom to be human, the freedom. I tell kids this all the time, especially at the facility, dude, go get in trouble. Yeah. Go do something. Go make do some something. mistakes. Go learn some lessons. Where people fail there too is like, it's all one thing. It all ties mm-hmm. in together. Like you want to win more, build a better culture. hundred percent. It's like, a byproduct. You want to byproduct. You want to get good players, give yeah. it like empower them. Yeah. Like, Overnight success, it takes a long time to become an yeah. overnight success. Like like we yeah. always say, like mm. if you value yourself off wins and losses, it's going to be a long road ahead for you. Like, long road. And you're probably going to lose more because you're focused on that. It's almost yeah. like I told a player the other day, he's like worried about his exit velocities. I said, listen, you want you want higher exit velocities? Worry about your movements. Yeah. Worry and about your movements. The EVs will be a, a byproduct of how you're moving. Yeah. And that's why it's so important. Like This is what we actually did the second half my first year at Sterling was we had some issues, some culture. All three of us were young coaches, first year head coach. Uh, shout out to Jacob White for giving me the opportunity to coach with him. Um, and then Jacob Gall was our pitching guy and first year coach. And I was the first year. We're just giving shout outs after shout outs. Shout outs, shout outs after shout outs. But um, a big piece of that was that we as a staff weren't synergized. You know, like there were, there was issues on yeah. the staff just because we were all young and immature. Um, and we did some stuff to like strengthen that. And yeah. that, and that all started personally. Like yeah. we had to write down personally where we struggled, um, got on the routine and it, it took off. Like our team, you saw those guys that, that, that Sterling lost that year. I mean, they yeah. took everybody down to Southeastern. Of course, yeah. Dinkle did. I mean, he, you know, he's probably listening, but he takes all the good players. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he's we, a good recruiter, man. I was like, say, he's we went uh, 38 games, 38 and 17. And, just from the culture that we set, you know what I mean? So like, of course it's important wins and losses, but like yeah. you set that culture and you and you're stable with yourself and you'll see that bleed through your program for sure. Yeah. And I, and this is the thing, look, and I say this, I should have probably started with this, but I say this as a person who identified with their numbers. Yeah. The same. That's a, I, yeah. I, I say this, I say this as a person who found self-worth yeah. in numbers. Yep. And, and, and and yeah. And it took me a really long time to realize that I was not, not just my numbers, but that I wasn't just a baseball player. Yeah. That, you know, there was people valued, not only just people, because I I think that's got to be, that's a slippery soap. If you're just (laughs) going down, like what people value as as well. Right. But, and again, this is kind of more bringing like God into it. Like I just knew, I figured out and came and like, like understanding that I was much more than those. And then also on the other end of that, you're much more than your failures yeah, and your mistakes yep. and your demons mm-hmm. and all you're, you're much more. That's a lie. Yeah. Like that's a lie. That's, that's the lie. The biggest thing that's on top of you, right. That's holding you back is that that's what defines you is your failures, your mistakes, 
right? That like every bad turn that you take, your demons, your things that are the worst part of your personality, like that is not what defines you. Your, your circumstances, your home life, your parents, your, you know what I'm saying? Like that is not you. It's a, it's a great story that people like to use, right? Other people that want to see you do bad or the devil or all these, whatever you want to put it, whatever that is for you. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the, the biggest lie that's out there is like, that is you. Like, and this is my, my favorite line in another, let's give another shout out just cause I like doing it. But like, you know, Randy, like over at Florida baseball ranch, right? One of his uh, lines and I, who knows who he stole it from, right? We're all great stealers. Right. But he says, you know, God doesn't make junk. Yeah. Yeah. Like God doesn't make junk. You're not junk. That's the biggest lie. hundred percent. And that's where the biggest thing with people is like, like we all, that's why I say, again, we're all like messed up in that way, but that's like the biggest in life. Like once you give, and this is the thing, if you want to give, if you want to give your players and you want to give your other coaches, right. And you want to give your friends and your family the ability to be human beings, the first person you have to give <laughs> the freedom to be a human being is you give yourself the freedom to make mistakes. hundred percent. that's like uh, another shout out. Uh, I actually just passed away. Um, my grandpa always used to say like, your story isn't done yet. Like hundred percent. The first 10 chapters might've been trash. Yeah. But pick up that pen and the next 10 are going to be like that. That's well, the story that, that's awesome. that they're going to read at your funeral. You know For what sure. I mean? So sure. like, that's where I always draw from is like, man, those last three chapters were brutal. Bucks. Like yeah, hundred bucks. <laughs> what was I trying to do? Like that, yeah. I'd have to pay somebody to buy my book. You yeah, know 100%. what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like, something, if it ended there for real, that's right. <laughs> so like just building off what you were saying, like your story is not done yet. Well, and that, look, this is the biggest one. I used to say this all the time. This, this used to motivate me. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to give it to you guys. Like the setback setting you up for a comeback, baby. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I love that. Like everybody loves an underdog. Yeah. Everybody loves an underdog. You can't be an underdog. If you don't have a setback, hundred percent, you got it. You got it. It's got it, it. Look, no great champion didn't have to go through some unsurmountable, like unsurmountable odds. Yeah. You know, Muhammad Ali, my man, there shout out to my boy wall. on the yep. wall, yep. right? Already on the wall. Muhammad Ali doesn't become Muhammad Ali without beating the greats. You can't be the, like you have to be the underdog. To be even remembered, you have to do something that people think you can never do, that you could never accomplish. And, and what did he say? Hated practicing. Yep. He hated training. Yep. He hated losing. Yeah. But that set him up. Yeah. Set him up to be the greatest of all time. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Like, look, and and, and he came up through a time. Look, I, and this is, I'm a little biased here, but again, he's one of, that's why he's hanging on my wall. Like he's one of the most inspirational you know, people that I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. And then behind you right there, my, my boy Edison, right? Yeah. Like, again, like I have like these, the, you know, these symbols and these, these people that I, that remind me of that, that understanding of like unsurmountable odds that they had to Muhammad Ali, for example, like think back to his time, <laughs> right? It's not an easy time in America to be a black man, right? Yeah. Well, he's not, you know, just purely black, but you can, you understand, yeah. right? Like that's not a, that's not a great time to be in an outspoken yeah. Right. Of, of African-American descent. Right. Along with, you know, obviously he had some other things in him, but again, at that time that, that is an outspoken, uh, strong <laughs> black male. Isn't That's not a great time. Right. Yeah. That's not, that is not, it's not a great time. And then also being with that is being like, 
all of those things are stacked against you. Everybody loves an underdog story, yeah. right? And so anytime those things happen to me, you know, you coming back from something like that or you, you know, um, creating those stories and you taking, you know, those steps, that's the most inspiring story. Everybody wants to, no one gets excited about the dude that's supposed to win. Yeah. That's boring. It's boring. We actually are the opposite end. When you're supposed to win, people want you to lose. Tom Brady, baby. Tom Brady, that's right. <laughs> like not like like even even when you look at like uh, Mayweather. Yeah. A lot of people just want to see him lose because they, he's so good, right? And I, so I think more so on that on that end. Look, like like Bo was saying there, like the book's not done. Stop believing the lie, whatever lie that is, and it doesn't mean it's that lie. You know, what I'm saying I, I might have not. I, I guarantee you, there's a majority of people we haven't said their lie, whatever that lie is. I don't care what it is. That's just that's. I'm just gonna say that lie. Whatever that lie is, that's deep in you, that poison that's deep in you, that you can't do this, that whoever told you that you couldn't do this, that you would never achieve that, that you would, you weren't this, you weren't that, you would, that's a lie. It is a lie. That lie is, that's the thing that you need to do. I mean, I know, for example, and look, this isn't something, again, I'll put out there, and I think it's very important to this, is another part of like Bo's and I's relationship is like, there's, and you don't need to go, you don't need to go tell everybody that lie or whatever that is but i do think it's very important that you speak it into existence because those chains are broken when you speak it into existence and it could be you could go talk to your pastor about it right whether if you don't believe in okay that's okay you can go talk to your best friend about it right you could talk to that one person maybe there's somebody that's so objective that they won't judge you or whatever that is maybe you're not even great friends with that person whatever (laughs) right and maybe but speaking it into existence i think gives you freedom well and it also like Conditions yourself. The only truth, and this is what I'd always argue in my psychology class, professor coming out now. The only real truth for you is what you can convince yourself to believe. That's 100%. It. Like, hey, some people convince themselves some crazy some stuff. Some crazy uh, stuff. Go, go on like, Twitter. And that's <laughs> and look, look. This is the thing. Like, if you really look at that and you and you think about that, like, step outside of yourself and think about that, you gain so much more perspective on why people are the way they are. Like oh, they, yeah. they truly believe that about themselves. 100%. That's the only truth to them. Like it 100%. doesn't matter. Like the objective truth doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's only subjective. That's their, that's their, that's their reality. Yeah. So like what, whatever. And what, if you don't believe that, like, sorry, don't no, go ahead. Like if you don't believe that, think of, look, think of it like this. Just like everybody is, again, most of you that are listening are coaches, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever had a player? You're trying to get them to do something differently and it's just like completely against how they believe something happens. Like if it's yep. throwing, if it's hitting, if it's, you know, in school or whatever, all those like, okay, that is, that's really what they believe. That is a foundational. I mean, that that's literally the root of psychology yep. of being like, we have to go all the way back. Okay. They're like most people are, most people are having issues with the top of the building and they're doing all these things and they're doing these crazy, crazy articulate things. How can I get this to happen? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, I did this perfect example earlier. My brothers, I think I've mentioned this before, but my brothers, they do marble and granite mm-hmm. Vegas, right? Okay. So marble and granite in Vegas. When you start at the other side of the room and you're slightly off, yeah. you didn't, the, the, the ground isn't level. Any of those things happen, yeah. right? And then you do the whole entire room. You're going to be so far off when you get to the other side of the room. Yep. 
right? It's like they have to do it. One of the things that my brothers pointed out to me, right? Again, that trained eye, but also understanding when they get all the way to the other side of the room and what cuts are supposed to be. Remember, imagine starting 50, you know, 50 feet that way. And when you get all the way over here, you're supposed to have the same cut all the way down on this side, right? And, and again, people might think that that's easy. It's, it's insane. A lot of math no, and yeah. a lot of like art, right? To it, right? Yeah. Of being like the smallest thing being off, right? And what that, that takes, the, the foundation is off. So a lot of times with people, they're trying to make all these putting band-aids on everything. Yeah. They're putting band-aids on all the, what, what are all the real issues and really what like psychology is. And again, like going and talking to a shrink and all these people mm-hmm. that think it's, you know, first off, let's, okay. I hope we're 2020. Okay. <laughs> we probably all need a psychologist. What is it? Isn't there Everybody. a thing that's like one in three or something like that? Or two, a two out of three need it's like a lot. Yeah. Everybody should. Yeah. Should have at least somebody to talk to, right? Yeah. And needs a, needs to talk through these things, right? Yeah. Um, starts with self-awareness though. And also being like open to those things. But understanding that it starts with the foundation. You're trying to do all these crazy things and you're trying to compensate all the way up to the top, but it has to come back down to those, probably those pillars or that concrete that you laid and those things that are going on that again, foundational lies that you've built your life. When you build your life off of a foundational lie, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. And that's why I say from coaching, it's so important. You have to be very careful the things that you and the seeds that you plant in kids' heads. As we get towards the end here, I'm, I'm sure it's resounding, but what's your biggest message on this first part of, uh, of this kind of series we're going to be doing? I think my biggest message, and I think the first thing that you need to do, I'm going to kind of circle back to that, okay. of being like, you need to identify what that lie is. You need to identify what that lie is. And then step two, you need to speak it into existence. So you can break the chain. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because I actually started to write a book. I don't know if you knew that. Here he is. Started to write a book. Nine chapters in the chap, the book's called Break the Chain. Kind of interesting you say that. Um, but no, I agree. I think that tying it all in, getting back to your why, ripping off the band-aids that you've patched along the way, and looking at yourself in the mirror and figuring out what you need to do to get to where you want to go. Like It's never too late to start over it's never too late to create a new you your story's not written and remember like you're the one telling the story you need to be the one at the end of the day that's writing your book period don't let nobody else write your book yeah you're writing your book 100 percent Again, guys, uh, we're probably, again, this is just the start of this conversation. I think it's very important. I mean, I think that's why we got so much responses on the fear and anxiety uh, episode as well. Cause those are, these are real, I mean, that's real stuff, that, real stuff that people are like, you know, dealing with on a constant basis of being like, that's real. Right. And, uh, so I think, you know, again, we'll continue to kind of push this way again, but we need to hear back from you guys. Right. I think your guys' stories, I think your guys' um, you know, perspectives, um, people that are listening, Hey, listen, maybe you need to tell us your lie. If we're those people for you. Right. And that's, and, and that really resounded with you. Right. And that, that got to you. Like, let us be your why, you know, um, reach out to us. So I think that's a big, that's a big thing. And we really want to help coaches. And that's a real, that's not just a baseball coach problem. That's a, that's a everyone, every person, every single person in every profession. Right. So just doing again, kind of using baseball as our, our platform there, but you know, that's a real issue across the board, but, um, that's the greatest thing guys. Like, again, speak that line to existence. Stop letting it be your baggage. And, uh, you know, let your, allow yourself the freedom to be a, a human being. 
Well, from us and our partners over at Baseball Cloud, until next time, Farm System out.